Hey everybody, welcome back to 90 Feet Apart. I'm Chris with... With me, Kyle. <laughs> with Kyle here. And uh, we're back here on 1 June after a uh, about a three-week hiatus due to some uh, different things going on in both our lives that we had to we had to take care of. Uh, so we're, we're back to uh, do another episode here. Uh, what's been going on, man? Well... Definitely good to see you again. Like I said, it's been, been a little bit, but uh, unfortunately, well, I did. What I missed one week is I went out to uh, D.C. to see my niece and nephew get to play uh, some t-ball and uh, uh, softball. So that was so all baseball-related. It was all baseball-related yeah. trip, Th yeah. That's, you write that off on your taxes. What is a write-off? Like Seinfeld. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. know. That's what they do. Yeah. They write it they off. They write it off. But that was good. My I got to tell you, my, uh, my nephew, Charlie, he is the t-baller. He is into it. He uh, he said he told his mom that T-ball is his destiny, <laughs> and, and he wears his um, his batting helmet to bed. That is amazing. Yeah. Does he have the flair? Like, have you seen the the videos online of the kids who are coming up to the plate dancing for? Those videos crack me up every time I see him. He wasn't dancing just yet. He was. He, I think he's so into it. He's ready. I'm just. He's concentrating on the pitch. That but he's awesome. a. He's the kid that uh, bangs his glove. Like, you know, fist in the middle of the globe. Yeah, yeah, getting it ready. When he's on defense, it doesn't matter where the ball's hit, he's going after it. <laughs> he's just cutting everybody off. And so, so that was a lot of fun. And then my niece, uh, I must have been good luck because uh, my sister-in-law, Carrie, said that they were 0-7 going into that game. And I got to see the first win. And my niece is in um, second grade. They're playing third graders. So they beat the third graders when I was there. So not only did I see the win, I saw the AAA team beat the Major League Club. Nice. You, you're the lucky charm. Where where in D.C. is that at? Um, Arlington, Virginia. Oh, in Arlington. My brother okay. lives in Arlington. Right outside. Right yeah. Outside yeah, great neighborhood. I mean, that's basically, that's basically D.C. Yeah. That's where I just came from. So I remember. Um, yeah, for me, uh, taking some time to, you know, we're building a house, so working on that, uh, switching jobs, so, you know, I'm... Oh, today, tomorrow, by the way, tomorrow will be my 31st anniversary of entering the United States Air Force uh, on 2 June. Congrats on that. You know you could have retired 11 years ago. I know, but and... instead I'm going to do it next month. Ah. So, um, yeah, getting ready for that retirement next month. And then, you know, I started a job at Boeing. Oh, maybe I'm not supposed to say that on the radio. but Well, uh, we're not on the radio. We're not on the radio. We're on whatever. <laughs> I guess we can say whatever we want. Started a job, and then two weeks later, I quit it. So. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Moving on to another so, one. So they always say, somebody told me, like after the military, yep. it's like two or three jobs. So you yep. you didn't even last a pay period. Yep, sure didn't. <laughs> yep. But, so moving on to other things. How was that quit? Did you actually quit like a gangster? Did you take that job just so you could quit because it was the first job you could no, ever quit? No, I didn't. The I mean, it was good. They were very good to me. They were good people there. How uh, would you know you were there for two weeks? Well, no, but I wasn't. I did an internship there for three months. So. Oh, know, well, so, not, okay. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, just moved on to something else. So, so yeah, it's been a while. Since uh, 11 May was the last time we sat down, and a lot has gone on with the Redbirds since then. Has it? Yeah, so uh, they are currently on their second day of their two-day break, which how rare is that? Yeah, That's weird. Was, they have two of those this year, too, by the way. Why? They have the other one because of um, when they go to London. I think that's next month, yeah. go, or the end of June, they go to yeah. London. And I saw the schedule, so they play in London on, like, I think, June 25th. Yeah. They fly home, and they have to play, 
like an early start on the 27th in St. Louis. It's a it's a afternoon game. I think so. Like an early start. So the major league was like, yeah, we screwed that one yeah. up. So here's two days Suck off. Suck on that, yeah. boys. There you go. Uh, well, they got you know they had a, a snafu. I guess where that what what it, what it came down to is uh, they just did 19 games in a row in 19 days, and it really came down to that Memorial Day. Although all that would have made a difference in is like um, maybe 15 games in a row or 16 games in a row. They wanted that Kansas City game. Uh, the two-game series, they wanted that on Memorial Day, which probably would have been a day off normally. Um, so Who was they? The league the did? League, the... Yeah, the league. That's what I heard that, or read something about it, that they wanted that to happen. So it didn't. they weren't They weren't out. I mean, they could have pushed that day off then on the other side of, you know, earlier right. before the three-day uh, three uh, series that they played before Kansas City. Anyway, 19 games straight. Uh, that started, you know, that whole that whole thing started the day after we did our last podcast. So everything that's happened along that is something that we'd look to cover. So they over that period they've gone twelve and seven over those nineteen games. Ironically enough, if you look at the totality of it for May, they had the best record in May in the NL Central <laughs> at a whopping fifteen and thirteen. Uh, but that was that was good for best in the NL Central during the month. So sounds like um, a Mr. Baseball stat. Yeah. Last season, I led this club in ninth <laughs> inning doubles in the month of August. Dan Gladden, ninth in the league in triples. <laughs> um, so yeah, twelve and seven over the stretch. Um, that included you know the beginning, hot eight and two, uh, in against Boston, Milwaukee, and the Dodgers. Good wins, right? good series wins yeah. there. Nothing yeah. wrong with that at all. Yeah, a sweep of Boston. Uh, two out of three from Milwaukee. And three out of four from the L.A. Dodgers. I mean, that Our was good. Tough, and saw that. Saw team. two of those games in person. Um, then, then the next nine games, not as so good against a much weaker schedule with Cincy, Cleveland, and Kansas City. They go four <laughs> and five, which is just maddening. It's so frustrating. So as we sit today, twenty-five and thirty-two, five games out, uh, first in the NL Central. Which still, yeah, how can you be, you know, seven games under five hundred, but still only five games out, and they're only four and a half out in the wild card. So. All in all, not too bad. Uh, things could certainly be worse. Some of the performances kind of all over the place during the 8-2 and two stretch. The offense was killing it. Oh, they were fun to watch. Then. Killing it, I yeah. thought that was going to be maybe the turnaround, the clicker. Here they are. They're going to start rolling. Obviously, not going to go 8-2 and two every 10-game segment. Right. But so th- was that 10-game stretch, though? I don't mean to cut you off, but I ask you this. Was that 10-game stretch misleading? I don't know. It could be. Let's Let's – yeah, kind of explore that when we get to the end of this this, oh. this kind of recap. We'll yeah. explore that. What 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 did we see there? So they went in that in that ten game stretch. They were scoring seven point six runs a game, and then we go to this next nine that we talked about about the against the three lesser teams, and they scored three three runs a game exactly three runs a game. So there were some players who got. I mean, gosh dang, Nolan Arenado was during that eight and two stretch was red hot. Yeah. What do you have five games in a row with a home yeah, run? Yeah, just on fire. And he just missed a sixth one. He hit one just foul uh, down the. Down the uh, almost off the purple. Uh, Paul DeYoung was killing the ball. Nolan Gorman was killing the ball and doing it every time in a clutch situation. Yeah. And then all three of them went ice cold. Yeah. So Gorman and DeYoung especially, they're a combined one for 36 over the last week. How's that? One for 36. I don't know what that average is, but it's oh something. It's not good. <laughs> not gonna not gonna not gonna work here yeah. any longer. <laughs> and then you have. Wilson Contreras and Tommy Edmond, who are combined two for 27 in that same time span. And in fact, Wilson Contreras is really struggling. I mean, he got he got a little warm for a while too, but that guy, he's hitting 183 over his last 30 games. 
I mean, he is really struggling. Is that is that not good? That's not good. Yeah, that's uh, below the uh, the aforementioned uh, Mendoza line. Ooh. Uh, Mario Mendoza 200 line, yeah. which apparently now you just barely have to clear. You're okay like Joey Gal. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, at the same time, the pitching's been, eh, you know, it's been all right. They, not they, not they, great. Yeah, but not, not, not terrible. awful either. Not terrible. So during that 8-2 stretch, they were they were uh, just, you know, over just over three and a half runs a game. Um, and then during this last nine-game stretch, 4.2. So even that, not all that bad. I mean, that's an improvement over where they were five leading up to that point, all the way up until the point before this 19-game stretch started. It was five runs per game was the average. So, you know, it's better. It's been better than it has. Uh, Miles Michaelis has been really good over the last month. Yeah, he has. I'm happy for that, really, you know, because a lot well, of the fan base since we just signed him jumping all over. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it's the Cardinals extension curse. Yeah, he I mean, he he got off to a pretty rough start, but yeah. 1.89 ERA, and the team's been five and one in his starts in May. So, and he's three and zero personally. I go, I know we don't put a lot of a uh, uh, value now in wins losses for starters because they don't go over many innings, but but the team itself is five and one in his starts. So I think that's an indication of his value. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Flaherty. Our old buddy Jack. Old JF. Uh, he's had two out of the last three outings have been pretty solid. Um, you know, he had a couple. Take that middle one out, that middle of that sandwich there. Seven Can, innings in both of those games. Only gave up one earned run combined in those 14 innings. So pretty good. But but the rest of the staff, Jordan Mont- Montgomery has come to earth after a really good consistent start. Wainwright looks like a 41-year-old, about to turn 42-year-old pitcher uh, who – you know, is is just relying on his curveball. I'm not sure guts. he could get out a lot of people in our over 40s men's league. Ooh, that's come on, that's a little harsh. Well, it's you, not harsh. You guys can't handle that curveball. We'd sit this on it. This curveball is still big. Yeah, it's still pretty nasty. But um, he, and then, maybe we'll sign him after this. We're looking for some pitchers <laughs> on our team. If you big league, if you do big, was it big league dreams? What's it called? His his charity. Yeah. If you maybe if you do something related to that, he'll come it. out. Yeah. Break off the deuce. And then there's been Stephen Matz, who's <laughs> been absolutely awful. And we brought Libertor, Matthew Libertor. They finally pulled the trigger and brought Libertor up, but then kind of jerked him around back and forth yeah. of whether he was going to be starting or Dude, in the... His first the start, I remember pen. when he came up in between, yeah, he was good. lights out. Yeah, he looked really good. He looked like another uh, Clayton Kershaw, like a younger version of Kershaw. I think he, he was did. throwing 96, was down he in the zone. He hit 97 on the gun that first ah, game That's crazy. when he came up. And he was down in the zone, and that that's tough to hit. Yeah, and, and he was changing it up to like a 76-mile-an-hour curveball after throwing that. I mean, 20-mile-an-hour difference is... And then he said he was going to be the six-man rotation, and and then they brought him out of the bull pen. Pen? You say it with the upward inflection? Pen? pen? And that's one of those other head scratchers. We were texting back and forth during that game. Yeah. And that like that was the one I was at. I was yeah. sitting in the thing. What the hell are they doing? Yeah, and we were talking about what the broadcast were saying, and everybody was like, "So there isn't a six-man rotation?" Yeah, and like those are the questions that Ollie has yeah, to answer. There's a lot, and, and not well answered. The head well. scratchers. Then the bullpen. The bullpen has been shaky, at best, I would say, shaky. Yeah. I mean, you don't know what you're going to get. No. Helsley's blown some. I mean, they're not good in one-run games. I mean, it was the last time we talked. I think Two I pointed nine. out it was four. No, they were four and ten, and then they won one the other night when uh, they created a one-run game when yeah. when Miles Michaelis pitched eight knockout innings of. You know, scoreless ball. They brought in Gallegos. He gave up a run, and the winning run was on base, and and he finally shut it down. But it was two to one, so they they picked up another one. They picked up a one run win. 
So one run win. That's hard to say, bro. One run win. One run win. I just nailed it. <laughs> yeah. How's that hard to say? Well, you're more articulate. Are you sure I... you quit Boeing or they let you go because <laughs> you couldn't talk? I, I was in the presentation world. Couldn't make it. Guy. But I think the only guy that's been like unbelievably, uh, to, to many surprise, the guy that's been kind of consistent over the last month is Jordan Hicks, who looked awful the first month. Yeah, he wasn't good. And it's like now we're seeing the Jordan Hicks from like two years ago. Yeah. Who was just down and. When challenging hitters, yeah, throwing my, strikes. Holy shit! What a what a concept. Here's my 103 mile an hour fastball. If you hit it, good on you. Yeah. So so here we are. We're at one June with the 25 and 32 Cardinals, who have at best you could describe them as inconsistent. Uh, at worst, you could describe them probably downright awful in various facets of the game at various times during the year. What, what do we make of this team? What are they? Well. They're not very good, and it's unfortunate because if you go up and down the lineup or through the lineup, however you want to say it, you see a team that has some pretty good hitters even at the start of the lineup. You know, you got Arenado, Goldschmidt, the reigning NL MVP. You've got um, Power, usually all throughout, and now even Nolan Gorman was such a surprise. He was kind of a question mark coming in. You know, he's at 41 RBIs right now, I think 13 home runs, 14 home runs. So and then, but then, you know, what was told to us beginning, you know, we knew pitching was going to be sketchy, but we also knew with this lineup, I as I, I wonder if we became a victim of the Cardinals became a victim of their own creations. Like, okay, well, we're not going to have a very good pitching, but if we can average five runs a game, we have a chance. Yeah, this reminds me of like old school American League ball. That's exactly what it is. Back when I they had the DH and the National League did not have the DH. Yeah, ex- when it, yeah, when it was really baseball. This yeah. is the Cardinals right now are a bad American League team. Before that, because if you're relying on power and not getting it, that's a recipe for disaster. And if you're on the offense, you're going into this game, especially because you just talked about pitching. You you don't know what you're going to get from you not you don't know what you're going to get from your starters. Every time they go on a start, because it's like you said, it's just been inconsistent. Unless for Matt's, you know you're going to lose. And then, <laughs> so you just, you know, kind of take that day off. But <sighs> even with Flaherty, you know, two out of three is good. I mean, you know, Mike List, you probably know is good. With a Montgomery, you don't, uh, you haven't really been, like, there's no consistency to it over the last month or this stretch. So as an offense, when you go into a game thinking we have to score seven runs, or, so, was that an ESPN notification? Yeah, was that a trade, was that a trade notification? <laughs> it did, yeah. No, that's a, a fantasy notification right. uh, for football. Sorry about that. But um, but as an offense, and you you know, a lot of bit, pressure, a lot of pressure. yeah, a lot of pressure to just do everything yeah. because you know if you don't score five to seven runs or at least I would set the benchmark at five, then you're probably not going to win. That's tough. Yeah, and, and also a team that has not shown itself to be terribly creative offensively. I or mean, clutch. Oh, definitely not clutch. Yeah, I mean, I, we maybe we'll do a hard, deep dive on that one day of, of numbers in the clutch. Seventh inning with seventh inning or later with two run out runners on in scoring position, two right. outs. Who who can hit? Who can't? I can tell you can't. Nolan Arenado. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. And you know who else? Like we even talked Paul about Goldschmidt. this. Goldschmidt has it. Yeah, not clutch. Um, I know some people out there who are diehard fans may be like getting really upset over that, but the numbers don't lie. No, they, yeah. I mean, look at the World Baseball Classic, the championship game. Arnado and Goldie had two or three clutch at bats that could have, you know, put us in the lead, double play, strikeout. Well, we've had a number of times this year where they didn't come through, but Nolan Gorman did, which has bailed them out. Um, So, you know, 
I, I'm with you. I, there's just this enormous amount of pressure on this offense to produce every single day, and you know, more consistency would be great. I mean, during that stretch when they were scoring all those runs, they also had a couple games where they scored a ton of runs, which kind of skewed that stat a little bit. I mean, 18, they had 18 and four, yeah. They had a 14 run game too. So there's some some numbers that got thrown in there that kind of skewed that a bit. Uh, I just like to see them be more consistent, but we've talked about this a million times with consistency. How do you get consistency? Well, you have some, you know, when you're coming to the park, you're going to be playing, right? You know what the outfield is. Cause really that's the place we haven't had the consistency is in the outfield lineup. Granted, there's a bunch of dudes hurt right now. Um, so inconsistency in the organization equals inconsistency on the field, right? Absolutely. It, 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 it follows down. But let me ask you this question, too, going along with the consistency and, like you said, even more aggressive style of baseball. They're not hitting. The long ball hasn't been there as much as we'd like. Well, they're like and fifth the in the league. And they're the fifth well, in the majors in home runs, That's though. true. That's true. Look, 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 I said that wrong. If I could talk and not stutter. The clutch hits yes. and things like yes. that relying on home runs. So why not put pressure on a defense? you got yeah. nothing to lose. Why not bunt? Why not steal? Double steals. Make them throw you out. You know what? If they throw you out, fine. So, yeah, I guess, you know, I, I heard a long conversation about that with regards to sacrificing bunts and the amount of times that a, a runner scores from third when they get sacrificed over versus the number of times they score from second waiting for a base hit. And the stats essentially – uh, say the same thing. You know, my answer to that would be okay, yes, but it does put a certain amount of pressure on the pitcher to make sure they don't spike a slider or something along those lines and get a wild pitch. How they won the other night yeah. and bring Donovan in, in, in extra innings, right. they won because Donovan got to got to third, stole he stole third, and then scored on a wild pitch. And and that's I, how they won the game. And I wasn't necessarily referring to like you know base hits from second runner on scoring it yeah. is mainly to put pressure on the pitcher to make him throw well, strikes. Alex Burleson bunts. Right. So we don't I pay mean, that guy to bunt. What is it, Tom Selleck? You don't pay me to bunt. <laughs> but I was I was watching a documentary about fundamental baseball, and stay with me on this one because it'll it'll come back around about fundamental baseball. Was this a Ken Burns documentary? Because this is going to no. be a long, long dog, god, <laughs> gosh, dog description here. Ken Burns documentary is talking about uh, baseball in Japan mm. and how they just stress the fundamentals over there, and they were saying um, one of the uh, Cardinal scouts over there for. Um, Japanese baseball said uh, if, if a cleanup hitter is batting, you know, 330 or something like that, he goes, it is not uncommon to see them bunt in a situation to move somebody over. He goes, everybody, one through nine, they play small ball. Yes, they play power, but they are so big on fundamental baseball that has, suppose the question, has the Cardinals and the major leagues gotten away from that? And in with that question, why have they gotten away from that second part question? I was thinking about this last night. Why is the home run so exciting? Oh, my gosh. You know, so actually, to respond to what you just threw out there, I think that's a greater discussion about uh, society. True. Yeah, so we're talking about two drastically different societies where there's much far less ego involved in one society versus the other. And one, you know, you know, in the U.S., those actions that you're talking about, you know, I heard, who is it earlier in the year, Carlos Carrera was talking about, doesn't steal bases because when you get thrown out, it affects your war. I'm pretty damn sure that if you sacrifice bunt, it drops your war, war down. Yeah. And then that drops your value down, and then your open market value drops as well. So that it, I guarantee it has something to do with that. Cultural problem. But also the analytics say that um, those things don't necessarily work. Uh, you know, it's just what we grew up on, so we yeah. have a little different viewpoint on it. But I love watching Japanese baseball. It, it was great during fun. COVID watching yeah, Korean baseball awesome. because we got to actually watch baseball. It was fantastic. I don't know, maybe just a baseball 
I'm going to throw up the air quotes here for people on the radio who can't see me. The we're not on the radio. That's what you said to me earlier. You're right, we're not. Well, we're coming through the radio when somebody's listening to On the, the interwebs. On the you interwebs. listen on the interwebs. <laughs> <laughs> the tradi- baseball traditionalist. Like I said, I, I love bunts, I love steals, I love doubles in the gap. Yes, I do love the occasional, I love the home run, but I don't live for live and die by the home run. Because ultimately, in the major leagues, what's the biggest rally killer? The home run. Yes, you get the runs, but now the bases are cleared and everybody can resettle. I don't know if that's a way to look at that. At that's all. how I look at it, and it yeah. made it makes the most sense it's, to me. It's the it is typically it's the uh, exclamatory statement on the rally. True, but what if? How's it's, that true? If you said it's not true, well, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. I'm saying though, I'll give you a scenario: four to one, Cardinals are losing, team's yeah. losing. Yeah, three uh uh two run home run, four to three, and they go down one two three the next. Because there's no more pressure. The base is there. Now you just made it four to three. Great, you're still losing. But you get a couple <laughs> still bases. That's terrible logic. It's that's the, terrible. It's, the, it's mathematics. It's mathematics. Yeah. One but the two, two runs puts you closer to being true. Closer to being tied. Closer to being in a winning situation. Stay with me on this. What if the the guy who hit the home run got a base hit, drove in a run, then the next guy gets a home run. Now you're tied. Well, what if the next guy after the home run hits a home run, then you got the same thing? That's that's faulty logic, man. Get out of here with that. Hey, so let's but look it, at what now. Yes, so so what? You. you know, we talked about <laughs> what what we make of this team. So what what's the expectation going forward for the rest of the year? I mean, what realistically, what should we look at as fans of of the St. Louis Cardinal baseball team? Not as an a, expectation for the rest of the year. Not a lot, as far as play goes. Like I said, I just I think this team. We're two months into the season. The season's a third of the way over. I know Mike Claiborne over there at KMOX always says Flag Day. But this is this isn't a small sample size. I think these are the, obviously these are the Cardinals that we're going to get, and I don't know if there's a trade coming. But if so, who has has value? And like we've talked about a million times before, who are you going to get to drastically improve the team? But to answer the full question to go back, winning the NL Central isn't good enough. Because, like he said, we have a crap record, and we're only five games out of the NL Central, four games out of the wild card. So does that mean everybody in baseball is bad? So I don't know. what What is a reasonable expectation? That is a I, finish over 500? Yeah, I think, you know, should we ex- should the, the expectation for fans be that they, they claw back to over 500? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a reasonable expectation. Should it be that they win the NL Central? I, I think I think that's definitely possible. Especially with only being um, five games out. There's only sure. one game over or one team over 500 in the NL Central right now. Both Centrals, as a matter of fact, because mm-hmm. the AL Central, the Twins are the only ones over 500 in their division. Uh, so so is it realistic? Sure it is because I, you know Milwaukee has a couple of stud pitchers and one stud reliever, and they don't have a lot of offense. Um, so I think. I think they're still the Cardinals are still the best team in the division. I think they're still the team to beat in the division, and I still think they'll win the division. But shit, they might do it with a losing record. I don't know, but I think 500 is realistic. Is that embarrassing? Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's like making this, who who did that? Uh, the Washington uh, Commanders, not the Redskins, yeah. a couple of years ago made the NFL won the the their division with a with a was it a six and. Record. No, it was it was a six and eight. It was a seven and nine record. Yeah, and they made the playoffs. The Seahawks did it a couple years ago, oh, that's right, and then yeah. they won the first and they won a playoff round. game, right? Yeah. And then Tampa Bay this year hosted a playoff Which game with Lou. Yeah, so so I think I think those things are going forward. But gosh, is that 
is that what we accept now? Is that you know you know is that the kind of franchise that the Dewitts and Mo and them have built? And I'd Gersh. I don't know. Does anybody know what that guy does? I think, he kept, um, I think he mows the grass. Yeah, maybe. He's the guy that mows the arch in the outfield. Yeah, and he only does that once a year. Yeah. Um, so I think going forward, you know, I think the fan base wants a World Series. Cha- they want a championship, and we're just not built for that at all. So how do we get there? Do we see we stop this team making a move? I'll tell you how we get there first is we stop having giveaways at the baseball game when you come in. You know, the, <laughs> you know Bush Stadium? Those has are the- sponsored, bro. You know they have the most giveaways in the majors? Yeah, I know, because my, my uh, house is full of stuff. Yeah, I know. Your house is full of <laughs> shit. Um, what, but but those, that's all, those are all sponsored items. Those aren't, those aren't funded by the, the organization. I, I don't know, but to go back, are we going to make a move? Are the Cardinals going to make a move? I don't know if they will, because who... Or let me rephrase. I don't know if there's going to be a tidal wave blockbuster move, because who has trade value? Uh, are you talking about on the Cardinals who has trade yes. value? Because like you're going if you well, depends run, on what you're willing to do. If you're going to get somebody who, a number one or number two starter, yeah, fans are going to go irate, but you're losing a prospect. Yeah, so I mean that's that's really the question. You know, if you're asking who has trade value, are you talking about who has major trade value league. at the major league level right now? Who's major league ready and has trade value? Paul DeYoung probably has played his way into some discussion right now, I, although he's I been agree. ice cold lately. Tommy Edmond has trade value, I believe. I think Brendan Donovan has trade value. Um, and then you have some other guys that I think are have trade value, but they're not going to have a discussion you're about not, like Nolan Gorman. You're, you're not getting the number one or number two for DeYoung. No, no, no. Not. It's going to be a package or... deal. So who's your who's your prospect that you throw in there with him? Is it Mason Wynn? Is it Gordon Graceffo? Is it one of these pitchers, you know, down in is it McGreevy down in the in the minors that um, has potential a year or two from now? So I, I for me, I think uh, McGreevy is off the charts because if you need pitching, why would you trade pitching? I hate to say it. I, I, I think you're going to, if, if the fan base wants a number one or a number two, we want a number one or a number two. Mason wins. Got to be, got to be on. Yeah. There. He's probably in the deal, but so, okay. That, that begs the question. Who's going to be out there available. I don't think there's anybody available. Not worthy of for Mason win. So you got, uh, well, maybe, I mean, Shohei Otani would be great. <laughs> would be. We'd have to. They'd have to back up a Brinks truck to not only to trade for him, but then to sign him. And you only do the trade if you're going to be able to sign him. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't trade for him, and then. I was thinking in. about that earlier too. If I was the Angels, I think the Angels are in a bad position with him. I think they are too. Yeah. They. That's I, a weird deal. I. Th- I don't think you know people are. Who's going to want to pick him up as a rental this year and give up a ton? You know, this isn't Juan Soto last year where they gave up a ton and they have him for two years. Right. This, this is, is you get him for two months. You get him for two months, and if you don't win the series, it's a it's a bust because he's leaving. He's yeah. that guy is going on the open market and he's making a boatload of he's cash. He's set the market. Yeah. Like the quarterbacks in the NFL. So so who is out there? If you were talking about a starting pitcher, I mean, you could throw some names out there, but again, it goes back to the conversation we had in some other episodes about what was there over the off season to sign as a free agent. There really wasn't that much out there. Yeah. Um, you know, you got Rodriguez up in Detroit, who, by the way, is hurt. He's out for a month. Um, you got Shane Bieber, who we just faced in Cleveland, maybe. I've heard talk about Lance Lynn, but Lance Lynn is it's old. Yeah, he's not. He's not that guy anymore. No, he's got red ass. Maybe he's something like that, which <laughs> is fine. You know, he, he he's an aggressive player. Yeah, he is. He is. But he's um, got the right attitude. I don't. What do you What do you make of that Shane Bieber guy? I watched. Bieber's I mean, a good pitcher. He's a really solid pitcher, and he looked great the other night when he. So pitched. who would you give up for him? Oh my gosh! I mean, you know, 
I'd give up your boy. Nobody's gonna want Tyler. Yeah. Nobody's I, gonna want Tyler. Oh, I heard a I heard a rumor today on the radio that he he's not he's been cleared by the team doctors, and he's the one saying, "Yeah, I still I still don't feel right." Would you want to play for this organization? <laughs> Maybe I, not. I told you that three weeks ago, and I said. So I mean, you're gonna make me go off on a game. Is it him doing it or is it Scott Boris doing it? I, it's 100% Boris. Yeah. <laughs> well, and him, like I said. So <clears> then, <throat> so then, if there's nothing to buy, um, no number one starter out there to buy. And, and by the way, we don't need this team doesn't need to wait until the trade deadline to get a number one starter. They need them now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, so if the deal's out there right now, if Mo's not on the phone, go ahead and do it. Ooh. Hey. But but do you then, if you don't have a number one starter out there, do you look? For an, another impact bat, uh, we you know do you look for an outfielder? I mean, we're thin as can be at outf- Look at the outfield situation right now. I heard rumor it's that terrible bringing Grichik back. I heard the same one. I said that's that, that's somebody that that it would be a possible. Yeah. So are his numbers bloated because he's playing in Colorado? Probably. Yeah, because his road numbers aren't as good. But you know what you get with him? Here's you know what the greatest ability you can have availability and he's, yeah, he he plays play. he doesn't get hurt he plays so hear me out on this let's i'm going to put my aluminum hat my aluminum foil hat on here <laughs> let's package a deal burleson i'm good with it right. Burles, burleson and we'll say Brendan Donovan or Tommy Edmond take your pick and then if those two go then you bring up Win and Jordan Walker back and you just let those kids play in a season that Who are you getting be back for them because I'm, man, I don't want to give up Tommy Edmund. I don't either, but I'm just, okay, well, I'm, more or less, I don't care who you, a, a pitcher of some sort. We'll, we'll just say Shane Bieber and maybe throw some, we'll throw O'Neal in there too. Yeah. So those three are gone. Or we even say Donovan, not Tommy Edmund. Those three are gone. You bring back Shane Bieber, you bring Jordan Walker back up, and then you let Mason win play. And, and I'm ready to say, let's let him get some major league experience in a season that could be a bust, and then that way they're all the more ready for next year. What about uh, so we talked about you know, the possibility of going after an outfielder? We need an outfielder. Need need they need one because I mean you need a good defensive outfielder because now Newt Bar's hurt, Carlson's hurt. You have basically a bunch of softball players out there trying to run down. Hundred percent, and you got Oscar Mercado out there doing cartwheels or backflips or whatever he's doing out there. Why didn't Mercado get a chance here? The originally? Yeah. Because uh, because we had guys like Grichuk and Pascal. Uh, Stephen Piscotty and guys like that out there. Why didn't a Rosarena get a bat here? I don't know. Too salt too early still. Yeah. Too, will that ever be? No. That's will that never, ever? Will no, it's never one of those because you know he's he's tearing it up now. Because so. I'm pretty sure but, Mercado and a Rosarena are one two in American leagues and RBIs. No, not Mercado. Not Mercado. No. Can't think of his name. Gar- his Garcia. Name? Yes, thank you. Garcia. I'm yeah. an idiot, but yeah, um, you know what I mean. So what about um so so then do you switch gears and you look for like a, a middle of the rotation guy or I mean we got a whole bunch of middle of the rotation guys but the only reason I say this is you know we're tired of getting middle of the rotation guys but you know how many guys we have for the rotation signed and on the roster for next year one one we have Miles Michaelis that's it nobody else is signed for next year I thought we had Matt for two years he's in the bullpen. Oh yeah, <laughs> so, I'm not used to hearing Max. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got one starter right now. So another option is to go get a couple middle of the guys, and then maybe in the off season you start looking for that number one guy. You could bring Wayne right back. Oh gosh, no, he needs to get his 200 and then mosey on away. Will he get 200? What's he at now? Is it 197? I, I don't know if he'll get it. I think he's at 197. I don't know if he'll get it. Yeah. Um. So so you know. 
the season continues. Uh, we'll see how it plays out. But we're going to take a break, and then let's come back and talk about where we are around the league. Yeah, we'll yeah. be right back. This is 90 Feet Apart. Yeah, it is. All right, welcome back to 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Um, live from, where, where we're in Shiloh, Belleville? Where Belleville. It's Belleville. Belleville, Illinois. On the Google map, Dr. Google, Uncle Google, it comes up as Shiloh. What's, your, what's your zip code? 62221. Did we just give out some personal information? That's fine. It's right. common. You can come uh, find yeah, me. Good I point. I have a pool in the back. Come on in. <laughs> Just make sure you bring open invite. Just bring some beers. Come on Thursday, and you could be on the show. Yeah, yeah, live from Belleville, I.L. Belleville, Ill. All right. Better be Belleville. I'm yeah. paying Belleville taxes. Maybe when the house is done, we'll do one from live from Edwardsville. Ooh, yeah. Madison County. Up north. Up north. Up by. north on up in the north parts. Ooh, home of the big deer. Yeah, man. All right. So, uh, you know, <laughs> we, we got to cover the Cardinals. So, why don't we talk about what's going on in the league, Kyle? Let's do talk about what's going on in the league. You ready for some first place in the divisions? Yeah, what are the divisions? Here we go. What are the races looking like? What are the races? I'm going to save, uh, I'm going to start NL, NL East. We have Atlanta at 33 and 23, and Miami is right behind the Marlins, right behind them. Yeah, well, they got one of them ex-Cardinals as a manager That's right, now. Skip Schoop. Oh, you mean somebody else who left that could have managed for the Cardinals yeah. and played in the majors? <laughs> that actually Weird. played in the majors? Yeah. Uh, Miami right behind, 29-27. Mets, 29-27. So there's a tie for second right then and there. Uh, we know about the uh, uh, NL Central. Milwaukee, 29-26. and 26, Only three games up. Cardinals, 25-32. and 32. Where are the, the Pirates are in second still? They, but Pirates they, are in they second. They did below 500 now, right? Uh, no, 28-27. Oh, they did. 28-27. And, 27. and uh, Cardinals, you know, we could actually... These series coming up could have some pretty big implications because yeah. we uh, at yeah. Pittsburgh right now, this could be a huge yeah. swing. Hopefully. All right. NL West, the Dodgers, 34-23, leading that division. Hey, hey, what do you think about the Dodgers this year? Not as good as they have been in the past. Yeah. Except for Freddie Freeman, who is just yeah seems like a nice guy and just doesn't get out. The guy's a witch. I, you know what? Um, so watching them, yeah, I went to a couple games here when they were in town a uh, week before last, I think it was. Gotta and go, the team go see the doesn't, they, go see they the don't, I, I don't fear their lineup offensively like they used to, you know, the, in the in the years past, in the mo- recent years past, so the last two to three, four or five years. That's a fair assessment. They, yeah, I mean, you some of the people come up in the lineup, you're like, yeah, hey, you know, okay, we're good. But, I mean, I do when Freeman comes up. That one game they had where uh, Bet struck out at the end of the game on that questionable strike three that looked like it was outside. Uh Freeman was on deck, and I I was thinking if Freeman gets to this, they're going to win. But but the rest of the lineup, I'm like, eh. Mm. And then their pitching is good. It's not as great as it has been. What's so the, what's the guy that looks like Carrot Top? Oh, uh, Dustin May. Yeah, I can't. He's I, hurt, but he's hurt. Is he? Yeah, he's. I really Dustin like May, him. Yeah, they got the other guy too. Chad Bickford looks. Yeah, like, uh, I think his name's Chad. Is Bickford. Freddie Freeman and the Dodgers. You remember last year we went and saw like two or three games of their. Yeah. And he was like nine for eleven. In it was the ridiculous. <laughs> so two years in a row, I've been to see the, to see the Dodgers the and the Cardinals. It's the Freddie Freeman show each time. And not to mention that 
I think I told you the story a couple of years ago when I was living in Washington, D.C. No, actually, this is when I was living here. I, I went out there to D.C., and we got to go uh, on the field at Nationals Park. The for great ballpark. The Braves were I in like town. Ballpark, yeah. And so a friend of ours got us uh, got us on the field to watch batting practice, and the batting practice round that we got to see was Acuna, Albies, and Freddie Freeman. And solid. Pretty, pretty good three. Some good players. Yeah. And Freddie Freeman hit every ball like near a box that was out behind second base. Maybe I think they put it out there intentionally to try and hit it. He hit every ball within five feet of that box during his batting practice session. And guess what he did in the game? Three for four with every ball within where that box would have been. It was ridiculous. So you're saying Freddie Freeman is more accurate at hitting a baseball to a certain area than you are at hitting a golf ball to the whole degree. 100%. Okay. If they'd have put that, that box in the middle of the fairway, I can guarantee you where I would not be. Where you would not be. Yeah. Yeah, so I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I was thinking no. about the Dodgers uh, and no. how they've been pitching, like, or how they've been playing. Still like their uniforms, though. That's Who just, else is over there in the... Their uniforms and Timberwolves. Oh, they're, they're timeless. They're timeless. Yeah, that's great. All right, so American League... Well, what about uh, the Diamondbacks? I said that. I didn't hear you, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, Diamondbacks are in second place, and so we're going to come right back around to them, uh, but 33 and 23. That yeah. is fan-freaking... And good, like I said, good for them, good for their fan base, hopefully. I think that's good for baseball. I think so, too. But let's go to the American League. Yeah. Uh, American League West, Texas, 35 and 20. What do you think? I mean, that's so. I got a, uh, a guy who used to be in the military. With, well, I'm still in the military, but the guy that was uh, that he's retired now. Big Texas Ranger fan. Um, wow. I, I didn't expect. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, I didn't expect. I don't think I expected. I expected them to be improved. I don't think I expected them to be this good and stay this good. For the for, for sixty days. So is this a pleasant surprise for yeah, the league so. or for baseball in general? Or? I like seeing parity, so I like seeing uh, you know new teams rise up and, and play well. I do too. Um, but I think that AL you know that AL West has been one that perennially has been also runs across the. I mean California is mediocre best. Seattle had a nice run last year and they're an exciting young team and Texas. So it's, I think it's good. I think it's good for baseball too. So I'm just going to talk about the AL West again. Okay. We we talk about our problems here in St. Louis. The <laughs> Oakland oh. Athletics are 12 and 46. Yeah, what's that? Oh, that's 12 out of 58 games. What's that winning percentage? Two what? I don't know. It's low. It's two something. Two point not. I don't. No, I don't. Not two point. Well, I know. I'm reading something. It's not good. They are already okay. You ready for this number? Mind blowing. Yeah. Two months into the season, they are 24 and a half games back. Oh, my gosh. I mean, yeah, we just had a moment of silence. I mean, you have to try to lose that many games. It's a 207 winning percentage. You have to try to lose that many games. Like, how can you have a collection of pro athletes that are that? Well, when you sell your entire team off for the last, each year for the last X number of years, and you're trying to get, no, he's not. Is he close to getting fired? I don't think he's even there anymore. I is thought he? he was. I yeah. Don't know. I don't know. I can't Remember at the end of the movie, he wanted to rent anyway. <laughs> but they're but they're they got the uh, okay to explore Vegas, right? From MLB, they gave him the okay. Th- well, I don't know. But the Ma- hmm. they're going, man. That's a done deal. I think they're voting on it next month. I think the major leagues is voting on. Can it. you imagine oh, this that, month now? Can you imagine that air conditioning bill? Uh, well, ask the Raiders. Can you imagine that air conditioning bill? <laughs> It's going to be astronomical. Yes, oh But my if there's God. any city they can pay for it, it's that one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm happy for Vegas. But anyways. Uh, so. But, but no, you know who you're not happy for, though? Oakland. They've lost everything. They've lost the Raiders. They're about to lose the A's. They lost the Kings. It's a crappy city. Why would you want to be an Oakland fan when... Well, I had the Kings. They lost Golden State. Yeah, but why would you want to be an Oakland fan when you could jump across <sighs> and go to San Francisco? 
Yeah, homeless oh, Steve yeah. Perry. Jeez. I know the don't only... stop believing. <laughs> well, uh, Oakland's you know the home of Sons of Anarchy, just right outside there, charming, charming California. Well, that's another reason to leave. <laughs> Didn't even. Oh, I hated that show. That was so oh, it's a classic, best series ever. The only good thing about that show was uh, Al Bundy's wife was in it. <laughs> Peg, Peg. No, Gemma. Well, she was Peg in the room. Peg. Uh, all right. What a great show. Speaking of that, where did Al Bundy play football at? Polk. Polk, uh, <laughs> Polk High School. Right? Polk High. Yeah, he did. <laughs> good trivia. Good for you. All right. Uh, AL Central, Minnesota. Oh, bad division. Oh, bad division. God. Why are the Centrals so bad? Both yeah, AL and Anyways, Minnesota is 29-27, and 27, leading that. Detroit, 26-28. Uh, Cleveland is only three, three and a half games out, 25-30. and 30. But even still, the Kansas City Royals. Only 17 wins. That That's rough. Yeah, rough. That's really rough. Now, let's talk about... Best division in baseball. Absolutely the best division in baseball. And for those of you that who are, do not know and don't follow uh, the rest of baseball, the American League East, every team in the American League East is above 500. The Boston Red Sox are in the cellar at 28 and 27 and 10 games back. Ten and a half games back. You want and to that's know? a recent development too, because I mean the Yankees were in there, you know, mm-hmm. mid month. They were yep. in there and they've climbed out of it. They have, and but the the Yankees are ten games above five hundred at thirty four and twenty four, and are six games back. Yeah. You want to know why? It's because Tampa. You know why? Out of their mind. I'll tell you why. Because Tampa <laughs> Bay is like the second coming of Christ. Oh wow! If Jesus played baseball, and because Jesus can't hit a curveball, we learned about that in Major League. Um, Tampa Bay, forty and eighteen. But I don't even want to talk about Tampa Bay, and I'm going to, mm, how fun has it been to see what the Baltimore Orioles are doing at 35 and 21 and four games back? And I will send this to you. Tell me about some Baltimore Orioles. I love their hats, by the way. I might buy one just because I like their hats. Yeah, so the Orioles are, I mean, uh, exciting team. I've been watching a couple of their games, so I've tried, you know, eat. Every week I've been watching a few of their games because i got a good buddy who's a really big Orioles fan, always has been. I'm going to stop you real quick. You have a good buddy everywhere. I know. Well, sort of I, when I was in the military. Or, 31 years will do that. Yeah, yeah. and I always, I always, every time something came up, I'd go, hey, I know a guy. So I had this reputation for always knowing a guy. So I know a guy who's an Orioles fan. So is everybody a good buddy? What about the difference between yeah. buddies and um, good buddies? Yeah, everybody, everybody's a good buddy. Okay. If, they, if they get mentioned, they're a good buddy. Gotcha. Yeah. So so a couple things about the Orioles. Um, young, very young team. I think that's part of it. You know, they've done a good job. They've got a great farm system uh, for the fourth. So it, MLB comes out and they, ranks the farm, they rank the farm systems at beginning of the season and then mid-season. They, they redo the rankings. Fourth consecutive ranking in a row, the Orioles are number one in, ML, in Major League Baseball with their farm system ranking. Um, and it's produced a lot of good players. So is that kudos to them on the scouting department and player development? Or just having so many high draft picks as of recent that have actually panned out? Or Probably a little bit of both. Because, I mean, you know, so, yeah, you'll the reason they had high draft picks, we'll get to that in a second when I recap kind of what's been going on with this franchise for the last, you know, 20 years or so. So, I mean, I want to highlight a couple of the young guys. I mean, you got... The best young catcher in baseball, probably, with Adley Rushman. Um, Stud. Yeah, 25 years old. Um, he's slashing just under 300 right now. He's getting eight homers and 28 RBIs. 
you got a, a young a young uh, first baseman in Ryan Mountcastle. Ryan Mountcastle uh, also, you know, he hits a long ball. He's got 11 homers. Uh, Cedric Mullins, exciting player, all around player. Uh, he got hurt recently, so he pulled. He got a, he's got a pulled groin, but he's kind of like I, I would I would say he's probably the catalyst of this team. He's got power. He's got speed. Um, and then you got some really young, exciting players like Gunnar Henderson, who uh, the number one. He was the number one prospect in all of baseball. Did you say his name was Gunnar? Gunnar, son, Gunnar. He, you, should, he should be on Sons of Anarchy himself. He shouldn't be a hockey player. Did he get off the <laughs> wrong boat? I mean, don't you remember Gunnar Stahl from Mighty Ducks too? He is. He is exciting. The young third baseman, number one prospect in baseball, uh, going into the uh, the late last year and early this year, they brought him up, uh, and he stuck around. Made this, you know, they brought him up at the end of last year. He made the team uh, coming out of spring training this year and starting at third base. He, he had his struggles like any 21-year-old kid's going to have, but he's also had some pretty exciting moments hitting the long ball and playing some really, really solid defense. They got Austin Hayes. They got Anthony Santander. I mean, they just, they're loaded. And then down in the minors, they got a bunch of players. They got a Cardinal product down there with Jackson Holiday, who uh, he got moved up recently, right? Yes, he did, and he's raking. Yeah, so, like I said, number one, number one in my, uh, minor league system in baseball right now. They also got pitching, and I tell you, I sat and watched a, a, a game that Tyler Wells threw, and I don't know, if if, if you're going to watch somebody, watch Tyler Wells. He's, he's pretty much unhittable as a starting pitcher. 173 opponents batting averages, and his, his whip is 1.83. That's disgusting. He's nasty, and he just throws strike after strike after strike, and the amazing thing about him when I'm watching him, he's this isn't a guy with an overpowering fastball. This is a guy that throws strikes and throws it in position. Positions where they can't hit it, like a new age. He hits his spots. He's like a Maddox. Like a new, I was going to just say, like a new generation, Greg Maddox. Yeah, man, he's fun to watch. And then you got Kyle Gibson. They got Felix Bautista coming out of the bullpen for their closer. My man has 54 Ks in 27 innings. So he doesn't let a lot of people get on base. <laughs> Is that a good attribute for a closer to have? He strikes out two out of every three <laughs> in, in an inning. What's his go-to? Straight heat? Uh, he just throws gas and uh, out. It, it's Fun to watch, but it's it's. I think what's best about it is they're bringing excitement back to a baseball a baseball rich city. I mean, they have a history yeah. in this city. I mean, Earl Weaver. Yeah, I mean Earl Weaver, Eddie Murray, Cal Ripken, Brooks Robinson, Frank Robinson. I mean, the, the list is pretty extensive of the history of these guys. But in the last few years, has been rough. I mean, they had three out of four seasons where they lost a hundred games, and when I I don't mean they lost just a hundred games. They had seasons of 105, 110, and 115 losses. That's abysmal. That is bad. And so there's your That's a high draft picks, right? High draft picks yeah. right there. <laughs> so there's your high draft picks. Um, but, you know, they've used it and they've turned it around and they've created this environment that people are excited about. You go to the games, and, and, and I like to see in the clubs who celebrate things. You know, everybody's got a homer celebration. Everybody except the damn Cardinals have a homer celebration. Yeah, they're, they're so boring. They're boring. They're so professional, you know, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Um, I like seeing put the Shogun hat on on him in, out in California, or what is it? They got the big the big uh, chain necklace in uh, San Diego. Right. And, what was the one that put on? I think they put on the sports jacket. It's like a uh, it's like a sports coat that has this. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's, that's Toronto. Right. Yeah, that's, that's right, Toronto. Toronto. Yeah, so so there they have what they call the Homer hose. It's what we would call a beer bong, where Ooh. you come in and you get a big old shot of water down there. Yeah. I, it'd be probably more exciting if they were actually doing beer in it. They probably are. Yeah, they kudos, kudos to the legal team that calls it a homer hose <laughs> instead of a beer bong. Smart. Yeah. yeah, they ran it by the Jag Corps. Um, and then they got things for the fans as well. I mean, out in the left field, they got this thing called the, uh, what do they call it, the perch? Um, the birdbath. That's what it's called, the birdbath. So in left field, 
you show up and if you're in this section you got to make sure you wear your, your you know your your uh swimming gear and you got goggles on and all that stuff and when when a player hits a home run there's a guy out there with like a super soaker or a hose or something and he's hosing everybody down I mean, people are getting into it. They're having a good time. Isn't that what you're supposed to do at the ballpark is have a good time? I would think so. So why – let me ask you this. Even go back to our hometown Redbirds. Why don't we do anything like that? Yeah, you know, it's part of this – the – I'm sick It's of actually what turns – and it's. I think it's what turns St. Louis fans off to other fans is that kind of air of, well, we don't do that. The boomer That's generation. That's not how we do That's it. That's not how it used to be. Yes. Baseball is played like this. Well, if – I tell you, though, it's still – a victim of we pack the ballpark all the time, yes. no matter what. Yes. What was it? Were you telling me this? No, somebody else. As long as I go like that, they were talking to Bruce Souter, and um, I think it was recently after he retired, and the Cardinals weren't very good, and it was a hot August, you know, summer night, you know, 138 percent humidity or something like that. <laughs> and uh, somebody asked Bruce Souter. They go, well, why are the Cardinal fans so dedicated to show up on a night like this? This is a throwaway game. It's a nothing game. And Bruce Sutter said, he goes, what else are you going to do in St. Louis in the summer? <laughs> so, but even with that. It, it might be, from a crime standpoint, the safest place in St. Louis. So that's yeah, that's why. true. But, okay, so even point, point made, if you know you're going to have that many fans there, let's put a pool in. Let's have some fun. Yeah, I'm with Let's you. get after it. Yeah, I I'll but, go to the ballpark and see somebody lose if I can get, you know, just have a little fun with it. I mean, yeah, the Clydesdales are awesome. I love the Clydesdales. Don't yeah, get me wrong. We only but get that once, once a year. year. And you get them for one lap. Yeah. My sex life lasts longer than that. <laughs> Not much, but a little. <laughs> don't kill you. Don't pat yourself on the back too much. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, you know, family, if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> Close your ears. Hey, um, I think that this idea that we have to stick so much to. Uh, heritage and tradition has stifled the fun. You know, I, I, I'm so tired of hearing, well, that's not baseball. When, when a batter does a bat flip, that's exciting. The other day when Nolan Gorman hit that one in the, in the bottom of the eighth, that was against the Dodgers. Yeah. And he threw the bat down and he yelled and screamed. I love seeing that out of players. I I love it. It shows me to give a shit. A bat, a bat flip to me isn't showing up the pitcher. It's you're celebrating with yourself and your team. Has yeah. no, it's no disrespect toward the pitcher nah. because if you turn nah. and just toss it. Because let's think about it. We've talked about it before. Hitting a pitched ball in the major league is the toughest thing to do in sports. You right. do it in a you throw in a huge scenario like that and you actually barrel it up and launch it. You should get excited. And the notion that that's that showing somebody up because nobody says a damn thing if a pitcher pumps his fist coming off the off the mound after a big strikeout in a big situation. Nobody says anything about it. You know who came up with it? It's showing a picture up. It's probably a pitcher analyst. Oh, 100%. That just didn't like it. It might have been Smoltz. Might have been Smoltz, yeah. I think the Cardinals, though, need to... You can still stick to the traditions. Keep that at your core. But if you don't evolve, you are not going to gain a a younger fan base to keep the traditions going. Absolutely. Yeah, you're you're 100% right. And... You know, there's players all over the league that have that kind of swag and that kind of uh, attitude that they put out there that people want to watch. Guys like Ronald Acuna Jr. Um, this is a guy that is absolutely tearing it up in the league. I mean, have- if you ask me, he's the National League MVP right now. Absolutely. No doubt. Absolutely. There's no other, maybe a few other, maybe Freddie Freeman with his own, but no, Freddie Freeman doesn't. Uh, he's not a, a, a much of a threat on the basis as Acuna is and stuff like that. But yeah, uh, I mean, he said maybe, but yeah, Ronald Acuna Jr. is an absolute. Yeah, I mean, stud. It, I mean, he's an 
I don't think there's been anybody in the league with the power or speed threat like him in quite some time. He is the ultimate five-tool player. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a cannon because yeah. your boy knows. You Left field, right? <laughs> right field. For those of you, who, yeah, that was that was for you, Andrew, who is uh, who is not here currently uh, working on some stuff, different work shifts. Yeah, Kuhn is killing it. I think you know another guy that I he he's a little bit more workmanlike. He doesn't show all the swag and everything, but he's an exciting player. I think Aaron Judge is having another great year and, and is maybe the front runner right now for American League MVP. I mean, there's probably some other candidates, but I think his recent surge here in the last 15 games or so, 15 days. Has kind of put him at the forefront, and maybe made him the, the the likely candidate for American League MVP. Yeah, how do you get that guy out? He covers his own. I would just, if I was pitching, I would just challenge him inside, and ho- hopefully <laughs> yeah, he whatever. hit. But hopefully he hits a foul. Yeah. So there's, you know, and then there's there's people like Adolis Garcia, who former Cardinal, you talked about earlier, uh, leading the majors in RBIs. Um, guys like Randy Rosarina, uh former Cardinal. Uh, mayor. Oh, these are exciting guys. Another, you know. You know, big surprise and an exciting thing I would say this year is uh, there's some surprising teams out there like maybe the Diamondbacks. Absolutely. Should we explore the Diamondbacks? Yeah, tell me about the Diamondbacks. I really like the Diamondbacks right now. One because they're really chasing the Dodgers out in the um, uh, National League West, and you know, with all rights, probably going to knock them off their uh, throne. You um, think so? I think so. Especially, I mean, 33 and 23. When was the last time the Diamondbacks had a winning? Winning a ten game, a winning record with at least ten games over five hundred. I have no idea. Do you know when they won the series? Was that the last time? That was the last time they were ten games over two thousand. No, I was in college. Two thousand two, fall of two thousand two. Gosh, who had the base hit? It was a little base. Luis Gonzalez. Yes, that's right. I couldn't remember. They had the purple uh, cut off sleeves, purple pinstripe. Great. Got it off of off of Mariano Rivera. Yes, great uniforms, by the way. But uh, the Arizona Diamondbacks, as it sits right now, 75.7% to make the playoffs. Yeah. 2.1% right. to win the World Series. So you never even had the... Did you go put some money at DraftKings on that? Not yet. Yeah. Right, but you can bet in Illinois. So if you're out there at DraftKings listening, lay a bet. Give us a sponsor. We'll talk about you. But um, unfortunately, the fans, they're starting to get behind them because, like you said, they're, they're, they're young, too. They're at an average age of, actually, they're not that young. Average age right now of uh, 27 and a half. That's pretty young. Well, it is average <laughs> age, but uh, very similar to the Royals. They're just fast. They're fun. Or not the Royals. I'm sorry, the Orioles. Fast, I was going to say, fast. I didn't want to be <laughs> similar to the yeah. Royals. Uh, the Orioles, fast, they're fun, uh, they, and they just uh, get after it. I'm just going to read you some uh, uh, team stats um, right now, and you let me know uh, how, what you think of them. So for triples right now for team, 12 triples in two in, in two months. That, that's pretty solid. 65, uh, 65 home runs. As a team, they have 268 RBIs, uh, 53 stolen bases right now, which is uh, – uh, fantastic. Caught stealing. They've thrown out eight eight base runners. They 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 get on base. Gosh, so much. They have 169 walks. They do strike out a lot. 422 strikeouts. Yeah, but everybody does. And I mean, they have some 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 good young uh, good young talent um, for sure. 23 year old catcher in um, Gabriel Moreno. Where's Where's Carson Kelly? Is he hurt? I I don't even see him. I've looked through. I think he yeah he is hurt. I just saw the yeah. 
Yeah, but did you like the way I said that? I tried to roll my R. Gabriel Moreno. Yeah, it, it was not good. That wasn't good. Yeah. That, that was my Tony Montana. Yeah, was, it sounded like Al Pacino trying to do it. Yeah, oh my God. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> so over there, first base, Christian Walker. Um, yeah, he, he's, he's solid, solid player. I, I really like, though, uh, Cattell Marte. You won a gold glove last year, too, yeah? He did? Yeah. I like Cattell Marte over at second. Uh, uh, Geraldo, Perdomo. I mean, they just got Josh Rojas. They have um, they have a bunch of players, not a lot of standout stars like you know uh, would be star-studded talent, right. you know MVP quality individuals, but they're playing together. So they play as a team. They play as a what team. What a novel concept! And they do the little things right. They don't make a lot of errors. They they make the plays. It's uh, that are they make. They make, yeah. they don't make a lot of like outstanding highlights, yeah. but they they don't create errors or botch errors and turn a single base error into a triple base error like you see at slow pitch softball all the time where somebody in the outfield tries to host somebody right. and it ends up throwing away. They just, they do the little things. They're not as fun to watch as the uh, the Orioles, but they just they do the little things right. So and they're fundamentally sound. Fundamentally sound, F-U-N. Fundamentally can lead to F-U-N because you know what's fun? 10 Win- games over 500. Winning is fun. 10 games over 500 and... I mean, because this is, like you said, Mike Claiborne again, I'll say it again, says Flag Day is a day. I yeah. think Memorial Day is a day. The, yeah. the benchmark of who you really are. That's eight starts usually for most of your pitchers. Your hitter should have a time to, to get in. You you have a better than 90% uh, at, or not better than 90%. You know exactly who you are at right. that point in time. And you have identified the moves that probably need to be made to make yourself compete. And you look yourself in the mirror and go, do we want to win a World Series? Do we want to try to win a World Series? Or are we just going to be content with this and look for the future? Which I will say the Cardinals infield future looks bright, but I am really pulling for the Diamondbacks outside of the Cardinals. Um, I just think it's a fun story because I'm so sick of hearing about the Dodgers. Yeah, me too. Uh, And I'm glad to hear, you know, I mean, your breakdown of them being so fundamentally sound. Um, that's something that we always talk about on here about the importance of fundamentals. And I think it's because we grew up watching Tom Amansky videos with Fred McGriff. Oh my, do so, you remember that hat that yeah, he had awful. on? It was, it was like awful. a trucker hat. Yeah. I thought it's Fred golden. McGriff was going to be the guy cranking down the Kenworth <laughs> with the dual chrome, like coming yeah. up in an Alabama video, He's, like Dixieland. He'd have an oily rag sticking <laughs> out of his back pocket. Out. You know what? But that, no, it wouldn't be oily. It'd be pine tar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I tell you what, let's take a break and uh, we'll throw on a Tom Amaski video real quick and work on our fundamentals. Yeah, this is 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle, and we'll be right back. Hey, we're back here on 90 Feet Apart with Chris and Kyle. Yeah, yo. Um, and we're at that part of the show we like to call, What the Hell? Oh, I got some good. I got two this weekend, and they're both good. Now we'll shoot with one, then. Shoot with one? Yeah, and then I'll right. do mine, and then you do go back to yours. I am stepping away from baseball for this one. Staying in the sports world, but I'm stepping away from baseball. Yeah, go. Some of our, my, our golf listeners are probably going to hate me uh, on this one, but I'm going to go... Our old friend, Michael Block, what the hell? And I say our old friend, I don't know why I said old friend. Who's Michael Block? I'll tell you who Michael Block is. Michael Block is a PGA club 
teacher. This should have been called who the hell, not what the hell. Hold on a who second. Hell is Michael Block? Exactly. That's right. what they were saying. So this guy, he's your typical uh, PJ, you know, teacher. He's a pro. Head. He's a club pro. He's a club pro. He's just tin gives cup, us bro. He is tin cup. He is well, tin cup. He was a driving range pro. But he was a pro. That's true. Different levels of PGA pro. Anyway. <laughs> club pro and a driving range yeah. pro are different? Absolutely. Get as far the as the PGA. No, not get the hell. It's what the hell. So anyways, a couple of weeks ago, he qualified. he's played in a couple tournaments so far this year. These are dangerous, by the way. What's that? These strawberry seltzers. Yeah. I've never had one before. This is the first time I've ever had one. Don't tell Sherry that you stuck them. She might stab you. All right. Don't let her listen to the show then. She usually doesn't anyways. <laughs> she says she has to. That was a subjective sound there, sir. Sorry. <laughs> so anyway. At ease. At ease. <laughs> Put the stallion back in the corral. Oh, my God. You're going to get us fired. Name that movie. Stallion back in the corral? Put the stallion back in the corral. I, don't, I never saw Debbie Does Dallas. City Slicker's son. Oh, City, City Slicker. Did Curly say that? No. Billy Crystal's son. Marv? Yeah. <laughs> Too Marv. <laughs> what was Marv's role? Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel He'll Stern, always be known yeah. as Marv. Anyway, yeah. let me... Sorry. So, Michael Block. Yep. So, we know he's a club pro. So, he's qualified during the PGA school a couple of times, or the way the PGA works out to play yeah. in some tournaments. Hasn't been. And now he's uh, teaching old ladies at good. the clubhouse, right? He is. All right. So, he just has a Cinderella story at uh, the PGA Championship uh, a couple weeks ago in upstate New York. Finishes in the top 15, qualifies for next year's PGA Championship. Just great story. Fantastic story. Everybody's fired up. Like, wow, this is awesome. This is what the sport needs, all that stuff. So he gets an invitation to the Charles Schwab last week. Uh-huh. Finishes dead last. <laughs> well, what do we expect? At 15 over par. But what my what the hell is is not for that is this guy was an internet sensation. Did he? Wait, ago. No, wait a minute. Did he make the cut? No. So he 15 over par after two, after two yeah, rounds. Yeah, yeah. 15 okay. over par after uh, 36 holes. Yeah. And well, I mean, just wasn't you know? I think he started double bogey, double bogey, double bogey. Uh, like yeah. I said, we know I'm not criticizing. So he's the guy seven today. over each day. I can't do that. No, neither I can't can do I. That three holes. I'm not criticizing. The guy is this guy was everybody's hero two weeks ago. Like, you know, was given like all these, you know, amateur golfers hope and all this stuff. Yeah. And then he goes out and does this. And the, exactly. The entire internet and golfing world just turns Did on him. Did they get him? Yeah. <laughs> Says he's out of place. He's got no no right to be oh in professional God. golf. And I'm like, but he finished at the top 15 in the major. What a short memory these people have. I know. So what? my what the hell is like, if you've ever played golf, which you have, golf is an incredibly hard sport yeah so good on him for making my what the hell is what the fans and all these people turning on this guy he's still a great story he's still qualified for next year's major right and he's, gonna, he's playing this week at the, the memorial good for him i hope he has a great week i hope he comes back and just shoves it right up their ass right and, up the just and even that he goes you know what <laughs> thursday through sunday if i make the cut i'm playing golf for money you're not yeah so right. you're probably bad well, even just being in, i mean being in the tournament he makes yeah. money just being there. So good on Michael Block. What the hell for the golf world and the internet and all you armchair quarterbacks or caddies? You know, what the hell on you? Come on. Leave the man alone. <laughs> That's a good one. And either way, but his real job, he still spends at a golf course just teaching people golf. That's stage. a rough That's a rough living. I know. Yeah. I wish, you know, that I could cut grass on a golf course and be totally Dude, happy. You'd be like Forrest Gump. You'd cut that grass for bro. free. Remember that scene though in Forrest Gump where he does it? He like leans into that turn on the snapper. Dude, when he's he's good. He is, but he he's leans good. his whole body into that turn. He's a freaking artist. He's an artist. <laughs> the war hero, ping yeah. pong champion. He never mind. I can't. I can't. Have you ever read the book? I know you yes, haven't. Yes. Did you really? The second book. 
Forrest Gump? Mm-hmm. There's a there's a sequel? Yes. What are you talking about? I'm talking about the second book of Forrest Gump. I didn't know the there was sequel. a sequel. I yeah. gotta read that. You but do? The fir- did you read the first one? No, I didn't read the first one. In the one. first one, it's it's a it's really funny because there's even more stuff he does besides uh the you know, going to meet the president four times. How whatever. how could he do He goes more? to space in one <laughs> he goes up with the monkey in a space. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the funny, Saturn Five, yeah, it's a funny book. Man. I'm glad they cut that you one out it, because at uh, least the movie seemed somewhat, yeah, doable. Yeah. All right. So what the hell? My what the hell is back to baseball. It's back to the Cardinals, and it really is about this organization, which for for so many years has been the pillar of professionalism. I mean, it's been widely considered the most well-run organization, uh, totally professional. Um, does everything the right way, you know, the cardinal way, as they say, is the is the is the the guiding principles. And then this year has been nothing but damn chaos from right from the beginning. I mean, granted, over the last couple of years, they haven't done a whole lot to help the organization, which is misleading. They, I mean, we fleeced Colorado to get Nolan Arenado. We didn't give up hardly anything for him, and they paid for part of it. Um, we picked up Paul Goldschmidt a couple of years ago. So, I mean, they've. You know, Mo and the front office have done some things that bolsters this, but largely, and I think I think everybody looks at the pitching staff. It's never been, never, haven't done much to help it. A couple of years ago, we wound up picking up Steve Matz. That's all. That's been an absolute disaster. And oh, by the way, in that same time, that same free agency market that year, Marcus Stroman was available, and we didn't go after him because they didn't want him because they didn't think he fit into the Cardinal way. Dude threw a, a nine inning shutout the other day. I mean, he's he's a winner. Can't you teach the cardinal? Yeah, way? he's and he's a bulldog. He's a winner. But anyway, what is this so called cardinal way? Well, well, that's a whole other thing to to go over. George right. Kissel's George Kissel's book on the cardinal way. Sorry, but if you look back at this year and the chaos that's been associated, we had the Tyler O'Neill incident early in the year. That is very uncharacteristic of the organization. Then you had the Wilson Contreras saga. Uh, we're going to remove him from catching duties. We're going to put him in left field. We're going to DH him. We're going to put him back in catching duties only after like ten days. Um, then he had the Jordan Walker deal. So we bring the kid up, we'd send him back down. And then, the, oh, by the way, he kind of slams the organization this past couple days. And we'll talk about that at the end of this, if you want to. Yeah, please. Um, so, you know, we, we mishandled this Jordan Walker thing in many people's eyes. I kind of understand where they were coming from, but in, in retrospect, it doesn't look like a good move. And it looks like an organization that doesn't have a plan going forward. Then he got Matthew Libertor here recently in the last 30 days that we were talking about bringing him up, and they bring him up to bolster the rotation. He's going to be able to six-man rotation. Then all of a sudden, he's coming out of the bullpen. And then they are going in public, and they're saying one minute, they're saying he's going to start. Then they come back a couple hours later at a press conference and they say, well, he's going to be available out of the pen. And then they come back a couple hours later on Twitter and say, no, he's going to come. He's going to be in the rotation. They just can't make up their mind. There's been lineup instability. There's been rotating players. It's just been absolute chaos, and it's uncharacteristic of an organization that has prided itself on being the model for everyone else. So what the hell is going on? I don't know. I really wish I was a fly on the wall in this organization. Um, I don't know if it is the ownership just hamstringing and just looking at butts in the seats and money. I don't know if it's an inability to with Randy Flores and player development because we have let some really good players go. Uh, I, I mean, we could get into the trades. We, everybody knows Alcantara for Ozuna and all that stuff. But again, like you said, those things are all here and pe- are here and done. You deal with it, you move on. I, I said, I'm more concerned with the way they have just publicly for the two months talked about the way Marmol answers his press conferences, the way they've, like you said, screwed up. It's just. 
I know I know it sounds like repeat, but it's 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 head scratching. It's so like do you does does anybody here have a clue of what's going on or is it just pin the tail on the donkey or you wake up one morning and go, you know what? I'm spinning the lineup wheel and whatever it lands on, you're gonna lead off and you're playing this position and which it's not a good look. Like you said, we've talked about a couple of shows before. It's not a good look for anybody that we might try to land in free agency and signing and go, I don't, I don't, no, I don't want to go to that. It's a mess. Yeah, it's been very reactionary. It seems like, you know, oh, that's a, yeah, there's not a plan word. going forward. We're, we're reacting to situations as they come up and then shooting from the hip on how to handle them and, oh, and doing it in a very public way where it alienates people. So talking about the Jordan Walker thing. So he comes out and publicly says, hey, I wasn't happy getting sent down, right? Right. They told, yeah. they told me that I had to work on getting the ball up in the air. I tried that. I tried to change my swing to do that, and it didn't work for me. So I went back to what I've always done. And, oh, by the way, that's working now because he's hitting the ball really well now. Yeah. And then he publicly – I mean, he, he essentially what he did was he chided the organization and said that, you know, they – told him to do something that wasn't natural to him it didn't work i think his his quote was something along the lines of um why does it matter if i can hit the ball in the air when i can't hit the ball period so he went back to what works for him and yeah. it's working and so so you just had a 20 year old rookie call you out and said i'm a 20 year old i'm gonna i'm gonna trust what got me to the bigs and i'm gonna keep doing that yeah. and if you don't like what i'm doing then Send me to a team so my question is, is, is did we just alienate what's supposed to be the future star of this organization? You already alienated Tyler O'Neill this year. I think that's pretty obvious. Yeah, he's not coming back to be a card. I don't think you, so either. You will not see O'Neill, and it guts me, but I really hope he goes and to an organization that lets him be himself and, and quit they, trying to and change And he tears it, it up. He's going to. But he's so always going to go somewhere we, to He's alienated Tyler O'Neill. They, they, I should say, the organization – They've, I think they've alienated Jordan Walker now. So there's yeah. some, there's some uh, there's damage some control that needs to help there. I know we got club control on him for a long time, but when it comes, when you know, if that guy becomes what we think he's going to become, when it becomes free agent time, that guy's going to command a lot of money. So, and did we just maybe potentially do the same thing with Matthew Libertor? How they're mishandling him? Probably. I think they're alienating players with this lack of professionalism. So who is to blame? Because if we have, like you said, we've, you said earlier in the show, this whole cardinal way, professionalism, this is the way we handle business, et cetera, et cetera. Who is to blame? Is it Bill DeWitt III? Is it John Mosellock? I'm not even going to mention Michael Gersh because you know he's not there. Who? Exactly. <laughs> is it Ali Marmol and his smugness and how he prick. carries himself? Is it the fact that there's only three players uh, three, I'm sorry, three coaches on the coaching staff that have any major league experience whatsoever. So, like I said, who is to blame? You go high enough, there is somebody making these decisions and going with them. And I think, like, what they're doing, you're, it, it looks like they're creating a division between players and office personnel and manager personnel, which say, which begs the question, why would anybody want to come play there? And I yeah. said, if I'm Tyler O'Neill, I know we talk about it, and everybody on the show who listens and all that stuff, you look at my basement, it's nothing but O'Neill stuff. I think he's a good player yes but i still he's not playing because he doesn't want to if you said the I team agree. doctors have cleared him he goes why would i i'm gonna play three times a week get booed get criticized saying i'm not hustle especially when i sacrificed my off season to spend in st louis away from my home with the team doctors to get me in position to play 150 games and you just you 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 sit me every third game yeah, I wouldn't want to play for him because he's he's wasting the best years of his career. Yeah, it's a mess. It's an absolute mess, and it's it's playing out in public, and it's embarrassing. That's the bad thing. Is it's in the public, and the way Marmol handled these press conferences and all this stuff, it's just like 
There's so many. I know there's a lot that goes into baseball and stuff like. There's so many though head scratching moves that he has done, and I think it to me it's just the sheer arrogance of him. I don't go, but who are you? I mean, who are me and you? But I'm not in that position. But I think if I was in that position where I didn't play Major League Baseball, I would maybe have some more candor on the situation and how I'm handling. But just to, I don't know, he just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, basics of leadership and management that you that carry over from any aspect of life that that work on the baseball field too. And for me, praise in public and punished in private is an important part of that. Yeah. And we talked about this, I think on our very opening show when we talked about the Tyler O'Neill situation and some of that, I, it's just, I guess there's a good and bad with, with Ali Marmal where he's been very transparent, uh, talking about a lot of things out in public, um, with, with the, with the media I'm talking about, right. Which is new. It's not something that I think the media in St. Louis is used to with the managerial, uh, folks that they've had before. Certainly not with La Russa. I mean, he was candid, but only with a few specific people. But LaRusso uh, got Rick Hummel, results. God rest his soul. Uh, oh, what a shame. Yeah. And then and then Matheny, I think Matheny was another one who kind of had an adversarial relationship with the media a little bit. But And Matheny, though, to to be fair, is first, granted, he inherited LaRusso's team, but Matheny was a 100-win manager. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. But I'm talking but about you, in terms of how he handled right, the Right, but I'm the saying if, if you're winning, it doesn't matter how you handle it. Unfortunately, you statement. could be whatever you want. LaRusa brought, we went to the World Series four times. He brought two titles. Yeah. You could do whatever the hell you Let's say you could have fungus on your shower shoes in the show when you win 20 <laughs> games. Yeah. So I, I just think that uh, their attitude reflects leadership, as they said in Remember the Titans. It does. Um, yeah. But. So this all started, it has to come from the top. I mean, the ownership has to lay down the law as far as how they expect people to carry themselves, and it has to be more professional. So what's your other what the hell? I would have one more comment on that. Oh, I'm sorry. And then I'll go into my what the hell, and it'll be quick. My comment on that, I am going to sum up in my own personal opinion from a fan and then try to look at it from a non-fan aspect and look through the eyes of players, media, whatever. I think the benchmark where this season really took a turn to the south and just players stopped playing it. I'm linking it back to the O'Neill situation. Called them out seven games. And everybody's, and if you look at their record since then, hasn't been good because the Blue Jays series, we won the opening series. And it was the very next series against the Braves, the second game, no, third game. And if you look after that, that's when like the almost the lethargicness, the no energy in the players, that's when it hit. Yeah, I can't argue that point. Yeah. So I'm just going to sit there like, if I work for somebody like that, I'm just going to show up and eh, whatever. Okay, so anyways, let's turn it up somber. So you notice the weather is changing. My God, it's been, I think. Well, they, they may not know that the weather is changing. Well, for those of you that hear, the weather is, well, summer. God, shut up. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Sorry. There's so no video here. June 1st, uh, today, the weather is changing. It's getting warmer. We gosh, when It's we like were, 90 today, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's warm. It's pretty warm. Humid. And we bought this house and we're looking just because of one reason. The back, it has a pool. And we've always opened the pool and all of this stuff. And it's been uh, early. We've opened it late. I'm giving myself a what the hell because the last five days have been 85 plus And we have a solar cover, a nice refreshing pool. It's not even open yet. We still have the cover on. I can't believe we're. I cannot believe we're not doing this show from inside the pool. Well, I don't know if you're good on electricity and water, but it doesn't yeah. really mix. Uh, well, you know, let's do it. Uh, Get wireless mics. Whoa, who, how are you doing? 
mic, huh? Yeah. It's a thought. I don't know that many mics that are wireless. <laughs> oh, remember that guy? We call him Reggie, Reggie from uh, um, The Great Outdoors. I got struck by lightning so many times. <laughs> I think that's what his name was, was Reggie. Yeah, I think he could pick up radio signals. You'll never know. We could just have him here and he could <laughs> do this whole thing. The old barometric pressure. What All is right, that? so get your pool open, dude. I know, we could do it. All I right. wear my thong. The weird thing is, <laughs> but the weird thing is, though, it's Sherry's thong. Not mine. Oh, stop it. No. That's a terrible vision. How? But you envisioned it. Yeah, moving from all-time worst, which is what I would call that, let's move into our final segment today, our... Can you sing the all-time the all-time best song? Can you sing it? You're the best. <laughs> Ta-da! Wait, was that like around? You're the around. best. But I, but I thought I was doing like a mix between Flash Gordon and that. Oh, that did sound kind of like that sound of Flash Gordon. You're the best. Ta-da! <laughs> savior of the wait. Yeah, savior <laughs> of the universe. Ta-da! But that's not best around. No. <laughs> I think uh, I should. Yeah. So for uh, our all-time best today, because we've covered infield, outfield, starting pitchers, and now we're going to move on to relievers. We'll have one more segment next week with uh, with regards to players, and we'll do catchers, which will be an interesting an interesting topic. Oh, we're going to go over all-time best, best relievers, and both of us picked four relievers to talk about. Did and so Kyle, I'll let you kick it off, bro. All right, I'm starting straight away with a controversial. Controversial? Controversial? Controversial controversial one, because as you alluded to when we were talking about this earlier, he started his career as a starter. Started his career as a starter, yeah. A good English. Um, he began his career as a starter? Is thank, that yeah, say? that's the one. My mom, the English teacher, is going to be so proud. <laughs> I'm not good, but I'm not a smart man. Um, I am going, <laughs> I'm going with Hoyt Wilhelm, baby. Oh, he of the knuckleball. The knuckleball who shut Roger Maris down in 1960, which I thought that was the biggest Bush League move. 1961. 61, sorry. Biggest Bush League move of all time. But let me tell you why. Who was he with then? Was he with the Braves? Orioles. Orioles. That was an Orioles game because that's where Babe Ruth was was born. So it was the the ghost of the Bambino because there was a storm. Baltimore. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you why I went with him. You know how many saves he had? I do not. 228. He did? How many wins did he have? Do you how have that many? stat? Uh, I do. He had you, one. You can get back to me later. No, that's fine. 143. Oh, so he, he had more saves than wins. He had more saves than wins, so he spent more time yeah. as a reliever huh. than he did um, a starter. So I, mean, I did not know that. You didn't. Well, that's why I'm here to, uh, <laughs> to enlighten you, my friend. Yeah. And so, like I said... Um, could you imagine? Uh, I, I know you're going to go into delve more into stats, but while you're, you're going through that, can you imagine a, a, a reliever today throwing a knuckleball? <laughs> I think it would work. I can't imagine anybody throwing a knuckleball. Why There's no knuckleballers in the majors right there now. There should be, but knuckleballs are just crazy. Because yeah, but you can't throw it for strikes. I mean, you can't come into a situation with bases loaded and you need a strikeout. You come in there chucking knuckleballs at them. You could. They could foul it off. My point is that you don't know if it's going to be a strike. You don't have that much control of it. Neither does Ryan Helsley, but he's still the closer. <laughs> too soon? Yeah. Okay. Too soon. <laughs> yeah, when you have three home runs in one inning and he can't close that game out. Yeah, and also, sure. one reason, too, I'm going with this one. Innings pitch, 2,254.1. That's not that many. Do I? That's not that many. But it's so awesome. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. That's a lot of innings. 
that's ten seasons of 200, 200 innings. You're two hundred innings. That's not that it's more than you. More than you. Think. Don't get so flabbergasted I'm by such a mediocre stat. You're a mediocre stat. <laughs> that's the worst comeback yeah, ever. I know. As the ERA <laughs> though, was suck. Two point five two. <laughs> two point five two. That's good. That is. That is. Especially for a knuckleballer. Yeah. For a knuckleball, that's really. Uh, ten. One thousand seventy games. And uh, yeah, I just I because he was I think he was just an innovator um, with the knuckleball coming in. Hey, how Grant, did you see how many seasons did he pitch? Twenty one years. Got to be a lot. That's it. Yeah. Oh, I thought it would have been more. Twenty one. What do you mean? That's it. I thought it would have been more. Twenty one years is a long. Well, time. my point being, with a knuckleball, you don't have to have a live arm and everything, so you can you last for a long time. Right. Oh, I saw Nick through like twenty seven years or something. I see what he's saying. Um, seven hundred and seventy eight uh, walks. Which isn't, eh, it's not terrible for 21 years, that many innings. But yeah, I had to go Hoyt, and mainly because I, uh, I like his, uh, I like his name, Hoyt. That's, that's a cool name. That is a cool name. Yeah, you want me to call you Hoyt from now on? Please. All right, Hoyt. Yeah, Hoyt. All we, right. We, <laughs> Hoyt Wilhelm is my so for mine. I'll start off with another one that probably wouldn't wind up on everybody's list. I'm going to go with Randy Myers. Uh, Who? Left-hander Randy Myers. Kind of made his name with the Mets and the Reds, but he pitched on several teams in his career in the uh, late 80s and 90s. But he was one of the – I don't know if you – it's probably too early for you to remember this, but the, when the Reds used to have the bullpen, they called the Nasty Boys. You had Randy Myers, Rob Dibble, and Norm Charlton. Two of them were lefties, one of them was a ratty, and they all threw gas. Isn't Rob Dibble an actor that was in The Hangover? The guy no, that's, that... That'd be Rob Riggle. Rob Riggle. Former Marine. My God. Uh My so, yeah, the Nasty Boys were this trio of relievers that came out of the Cincinnati bullpen, all with just awful attitudes, threw at people. But, God, I mean, they were very effective, right? They also got a lot of fights. I like um, he was a little I bit like crazy. It. He was a guy who would often see him running around in, uh, in fatigues, camo, uh, you know, big hunter. But 347 saves in his career. Um, and that's really, I mean, in a short short span, he was 14 years in the majors, but really only did 12 because he was one of those kind of pitchers in the first couple of years. He came up for a couple games and went back down to the minors, came up a couple minors. So really his third season in the majors is when he actually qualified for rookie of the year and he finished in the top 10 that year. But yeah, a lot of saves, really effective, uh, really nasty on lefties. And uh, he's one of those guys that if you were around during that time frame, he left an impression on on you, and if he come into a game, especially if you had lefties coming up, when we talk about matchups, he was shut down against a left-hander. Nice. So over back to you. Love it, the shutdown. Great pick. All right, I'm going my next one. A gentleman by the name of Sparky Lyle. Yes. Were you around when Sparky Lyle was playing? Uh, I well, I mean, do you mean was I alive? Yes. Um, <laughs> do I remember Sparky Lyle a little bit? That dude, was- dude had some mutton chops. He had a glorious mustache. Yeah. I mean, he had, I mean, he had the curly handlebar twist-up mustache. I mean, glorious. Like, like Raleigh Fingers? Very similar. Nice. So made a name for himself uh, his first uh, 10 years with Boston and New York. How tough does that have to be, though? Pitch for Boston for four years and, and New straight York. to the Yankees. Yeah. Crazy. So he had a war of 23.2 with an ERA career ERA of 2.88, my friend, which is pretty solid. I will uh, give you that. His saves, what do you think his uh, saves were in I, 16 years? If I was years? guessing, probably, he's in the 200s. 238. Yeah. I was going to say 250 was going to be my guess. 238's not bad, though. Like well, and, and also if you got to consider in that time frame. There wasn't a lot of closers. In the 70s. Right. Well, and they also pitched three innings. That's true, yeah. 
You know, so, very, there was no come in and pitch one inning and get a save. I, yeah, absolutely right. I uh, I agree with that one for uh, base on balls. He walked 481 people, but he struck out 873. But here's what I like the most: 16 years, he only hit 14 people. I don't like that. You don't like that? No, I need Why to, not? he needs to dust more people than that. You gotta be more intimidating. Than oh my god, his mutton chops were fourteen. That's, that's less than one a year. That's control. Yeah, well, I guess you look at it that way. Yeah, I like. I'm a glass half full kind of guy. This is <laughs> this is why we're ninety feet apart. I want. I just I just highlighted a guy that was part of the nasty boys. I don't give a shit at how many well, people he, I'm he didn't it back. hit. I'm bringing it back to a nice part of the show. I am bringing it back to the nice part of the show, but a career whip of. Um, 12, 7, or 1.275. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Who do you got? Number uh, two so, you. so my number two guy, I'm going to go with a, a Cardinal favorite. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go with engine number 42, Bruce Suter. From the belt. He delivers. You going to finish it? No. <laughs> They're going to finish it. Yeah. Uh, 300 career saves, which like we were just talking about with Sparky Lyle, because Suter's career spanned really over the late 70s and uh, early to mid-80s. Um, you know, he played his first five or six seasons with the Cubs and four with the Cardinals, then four with the, with the Braves. And then his, and then he was done. Um, so Suter was probably along with maybe fingers, Gossage, Mike Marshall, Sparky Lyle, the first real closers in the game that right. you knew they came in. Their purpose was to come in when there was a lead and lock it down and end the game. And just end the game. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. So, I mean, this guy led the league in save five times in six years, led the majors in saves three of those years. That's pretty good. You won a Cy Young as a as a reliever. Haven't been very many of those. Shut that. up. Yeah, won a Cy Young. And he I didn't fin- even know you could qualify to do that. Yeah. Shows you what and, I know. And he finished in the top six four more times. That is – why did they move him to starter? Uh, Because he was so good at closing. <laughs> and he's an innovator. So he's the guy who really brought the split-finger fastball into uh, what prominence. A, what a nasty And pitch. it was just a wipeout pitch when he threw it. So and we um, saw so against, much that it ruined his arm, and that's why his career was last, didn't last so long. But we saw the, we saw how nasty the uh, split-finger is when all the Japanese pitchers threw it against the United 100%. States. And they're like, yep. and what was, is this? It is this fastball that drops off the plate. And then probably the most – Famous thing that we remember for in St. Louis is when he closed out the game, striking out Gorman Thomas and his glorious mustache to close out the 1982 World Series, prompting Jack Buck to say, that's a winner, that's a World Series winner, and celebration started with Cool in the Game. From the belt. He delivers. That's a winner. Was that Daryl Porter catching? It was Daryl Porter, World Series MVP, 1982, and, and National League Championship MVP. And he had the best glasses of any catcher. Uh, yeah, he looked like a librarian, he and he was a, like you know, a he had some other issues in his life. But <laughs> oh, did he? Yeah, rest in peace, Daryl Porter. Uh, then didn't Bruce Suter just pass not too long he ago? Did. He just passed away. And actually, they just had Bruce Suter uh, Appreciation Day at the, the stadium. We were nice. there that day. Go ahead. Awesome. Great choice. Everybody here at St. Louis, you got to love Bruce Suter. So I'm going to go. Uh, my next choice is going to be another f- former Cardinal, but really, former everybody. <laughs> this guy pitched for everybody, but we'll just say he had his best years uh, with the Cubs. Was he in the Mexican league? Plus, he might have been. Is that you, Tolbert? You could have uh, said you were from the Yankees. Going Lee Smith? Lee, Lee Arthur Smith. Smith. Oh, sorry. Lee, Lee Arthur, Arthur Smith. Smith. Uh, 28.9 war with a career over um, career 
3.3 ERA over 18 years. Are you ready for his saves, though? Lee Arthur. Lee Arthur's, let me guess, 4.80. No, he's a, he might be over oh, 500. He's way more than that. Yeah, he's, he's over way 500. More. He, he's probably third all time, I bet. Would you, would you care to take a, another guess? 5.60. Where did it go? It's not 5.60. It's no. not that many. Oh, my gosh. Where is it going? Where is it going? This is so wrong. I, oh, there it is. I'm looking at the wrong one. 478. Ah, oh, see, I wasn't. Didn't sound like I was prepared. I was prepared. I had it up. 478. That is. That's a lot of saves. That is a a lot of saves, especially for a guy that came into the league 1980, came out in uh, 1977. Another Cub. That's the guy. Honestly, you know, that's the guy when the when uh, Bruce Suter left the Cubs. That's right. who took his place. Right. But here's what I like. How many strikeouts do you think he had? I have no idea. 1,251. As a reliever. Yes, pretty good. That is pretty good. But you know what I think is most infamous and why I like him the most? Not infamous, but famous for me is why I like him the most. I do not. Because he, when he came into the game from running from the dugout, he had that button-up jacket only around <laughs> his right arm, but he had it buttoned up like three buttons all the way to the top. Yeah. But his, his, uh, his glove hand was just was out, so yeah. he looked like... Somebody who could barely dress at the country club and was running, and the the, the free empty coat arm was just yeah. flying in the back, and that's that's what I really like. Here's about another Lee thing Smith. about Lee Arthur Smith is when he when they called him when they went to the you know went to the mound when the manager went to the mound and called him in, he had the slowest walk out to the mound imaginable. I wish they would have put a clock on that. They should have given him the bullpen card. Lee Arthur took his time getting to work. <laughs> Well, that's because he got the game out, so he, the game was over so fast. He wanted to experience some time on the field. He did, man. He was out there, and that was it. Game over. Game, set, match. All right, so I divert back. All right, so uh, for my third one, I'm going to go with uh, another lefty. A guy that if you saw him walking down the street, you'd probably go, that guy's not a ball player. Billy Wagner, who lefty who threw absolute gas. Um, Billy Wagner, yeah, old I mean, Yankees manager. No, uh, be Billy it? Martin. Billy Martin. Yeah, God Billy Wagner it. made his name pitcher for the Astros, but he also threw for the Phillies. He threw for the Mets. Threw for a couple other teams. Um, so a, a lot of guy overlooked. So how many saves do you think he had? Take a guess. Billy Wagner career saves. Yeah, four ninety. Ooh, no, a little high. Four twenty-two. Not bad though. But never once led the league in saves. With 422 saves career. So he just, so he just collectively consistent is. every year, pumping out 35 to 40 saves. I'll take, every I'll take consistency and over one great year. But, but what gets me about him is, you know, he was, he, the dude was unhittable. I mean, he was really unhittable. His career whip is under one. Uh, wow. Uh, is, he had six seasons where his ERA was under 2.0. Pretty good. And he was, uh, the other thing, you know, when we, when we talk about matchups and we're always looking at lefty versus lefty, righty versus righty. Lefty's batting average against him was 186. Righty's batting average against him, 189. That's pretty. He just got everybody. Just got, I like he was that. an equal opportunity out, out pitter, guy, out, out pitcher guy, golf ball <laughs> whacker guy. guy. So, oh, Billy Wagner, good. shut down, shut down pitcher. BW, I like it. Solid choice. I think you know, though, who I'm going with right here. Yeah, you should cue the music right about here. Who would it be? I think it'd be Metallica. Metallica and Sandman. Do, 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 do. No. Uh, say your prayer. No. Yeah. Man. Do it. Do it. Do it. I can't say. Cardi and Coke. Do it. 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 <laughs> oh, 
Morty Finkel, Light Fixtures, <laughs> Pennsylvania. <laughs> do it, do it. Uh, God, I ain't gonna be talking like that. So my next one's gonna be uh, Mariano Rivera. Do it. No. <laughs> All right, Mariano Rivera. Need I say more? The all-time save leader, the Sandman. Six hundred and fifty-two saves. Dude, that's a crazy number. Sorry. So remember when I said uh, Bruce Sutter had three hundred? I believe when he retired, Bruce Sutter was the all-time leader with three hundred. He got surpassed. 20 years later. 20 years later, he had 352 <laughs> more. That's yeah, crazy. So, but even that, that just playing comes from playing from a great organization. You're winning a lot of games yeah. or in a position well, and to you, save and a lot of games. And you play a long time, 19 shutting years, them down. Yeah, and just coming straight at it. But I thought... But, but by the way, with one pitch. Yeah. Not even a two, not a fastball, curveball, fastball slider. One damn pitch. Yeah. Cutter. That's it. Cut fastballs nasty. I faced a guy in college that had one. It seemed simple. When you're watching it from the on-deck circle, oh, it's just moving a little bit, and then it's coming straight at you. It explodes. Oh, that's moving a lot. (laughs) I almost want to look back at the umpire and go, what do you want me to do? I'm just going to close my eyes and guess. (laughs) It's a nasty, nasty pitch. But I really thought, too, the way that he ended his career with Jeter uh, coming out. Was was it A-Rod that came out, too? No. No, probably Bernie Williams. Yes, that's right. I couldn't remember. Coming out, that that was a nice moment. I, I don't hate the Yankees. I know, I, lo- I know a lot of people do, but I don't hate the Yankees. They're a no. great organization. I almost baseball. was gonna. I have a I have a Mickey Mantle jersey. I was gonna wear it today. You should have. Maybe yeah. for our photo shoot. Yeah. No, I can't do that for photo. What are you talking about? I, don't I gotta know. get a Cardinals jersey. For That's that. true. I do too. Um, My O'Neill jersey. I got to get it while it lasts. But I've got one. You know, I gave away a Roberto Clemente jersey a couple years ago to my neighbor who was a big Pirates fan, and then I've got, of course, I've got a Kirby Puckett because because it's, it's Kirby Puckett. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? So, yeah, Mariano Rivera, great choice. Um, I mean, he's the all-time save leader. You can't really argue with that. No. no. So his, I would say his only contemporary would be my last choice. Yeah, drum roll, please. Yeah, it would be another <laughs> it, This would be another one where you got to hit the music. Uh, yeah, where, music. I think this would be not his music. <laughs> Sounded good. I mean, we were both headbanging. Yeah, that made me, like, think of Pokemon or something. Uh, It'd be intimidating though. Like, what the hell is this guy So, well, remember when John Brevy used to come in and wake me up before you go go? <laughs> um, awesome. Trevor Hoffman would Ooh, be my choice. Ooh, I like. And him. I'll tell you, starting off, first of all, one reason I liked him. So, you know, I I lived in San Diego for a while. Uh, followed the Padres. Nice. Followed the Padres for the fathers, the the the, the daddy O's. Um, and you know, in the mid '90s, the Padres were pretty solid. Had a good team, and in, especially in 1998, when they went they went to the World Series that year against the Yankees. And there was probably nothing in baseball as exciting as when Trevor Hoffman came into a game and Hell's Bells hit. Ooh. He was doing this way before the Cardinals were doing it with Ryan yeah. Helsley. Was Helsley even born then? Uh, and, well, no, probably not. And by the way, when he came in a game, it was over. Oh. When Helsley comes in a game, it's questionable. Yeah, you don't know. Last year it was over. This yeah, year it's Not like, so much this year. Uh, when Trevor Hoffman came into a game, it was over. Yeah. Um, 601 career saves, uh, second all time. Seven-time All-Star, top six in Cy Young, five times. Got MVP, got MVP votes five times as a reliever. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and there's only been four relievers all-time who've ever won the MVP, the last one being Dennis Eckersley in 1992. Upper Deck Eck? Upper Deck Eck, yep. But more than anything out, man, I tell you, it's the walkout that if you, if you want to see something really cool, just go to YouTube, YouTube and, and do a, a walk-in for him. Uh, who's the guy that used to pitch for the A's, too? Dennis Eckersley. Uh, Grant Balfour. 
Go check out Grant Balfour's walk. He sounds like an NHL goalie. Yeah. Well, it's because Eddie Belfour used to be a fearer, so you take (laughs) two and combine them. But he has a good walk-in. But probably nobody had a better walk-in than Trevor Hoffman uh, when Hell's Bells would hit. I don't know. Edwin Diaz for the Mets nowadays. That's pretty damn good. That trumpet is pretty good. I haven't seen it this year. (laughs) Because he jumped five. That's because he jumped. That's because he jumped five feet or five inches in the air and uh, landed. Oh my gosh! That was the end. That was a bad knee waiting to happen. Is that the soccer player coming out in him? Could be. Oh. Ole, 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 ole. So. Uh, maybe I'll watch the YouTube or listen to the Hell's Bells uh, on my way to my baseball game. It gets tonight. you fired up. For yeah. The game tonight. You got who? You guys playing tonight? Uh, I think it's a team called the Longhorns. Is this a wood bat? This league? is a wood bat league. All right. We got a few guys that could still bring it. Game what number one? Game number two. Uh, how'd the first one go? Uh, we lost four to three. We were up three to one. Uh, we were at home team, top of the seventh, and our starter was still in. Seven inning games or nine? Seven inning, inning games. Yeah. I'd love to play nine. Starter was still in. Mm-hmm. And the coach. Yo, a starter going seven innings? Yeah, weird. What a novel. The coach and I said, I was like, as soon as they get the base runner, take him out because we got two or three guys that could finish this off because he's kind of our junk baller and he's yeah. the other guys it'd be a oh, he was Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Harris yes and <laughs> Vaseline uh, ball so I'm playing snot on the ball I'm playing center field yeah exactly Crisco <laughs> I'm playing center field as a hard hit ball to our left fielder excuse like me you were playing what center field yeah huh. it's, it's a position in between <laughs> right and left field and he, the player, he he hit it pretty hard right on the left fielder and made the play to so get one out. Yeah. And then next pitcher, our next batter, shot almost to the gap. We cut it off. And I'm looking at the, the manager. That's it. You know, let's okay. take him out. No, he didn't. Leaves him in. Base hit. Now oh, first and second. Dusty Blake out. maneuver. I got you. Okay. So remember, this is over 40s league. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sitting there. Get him out. Does it do it? Next pitch. 380 foot jack over the fence so now we're down four to three ouch yeah and i'm sitting there going that's salt in the wound because not only was it a home run now we're down we're home team is looking at the best i'm like this is an over 40s league and the dude just would bat i'm like oh so i was like i was like did you get that from marmol so then he changed him after that and i, uh, I that's a total marmol yeah move. and then i said after in center field you could hear me I go you might as well let him finish it now i mean, the damage has already been done <laughs> But oh, you're heckling your coach. From, yeah, uh, I absolutely. <laughs> cool, Why man. I? Oh, good to be back, though. Sorry for the listeners out there that uh, we couldn't do it. Just sometimes life happens. Yeah. But. So great episode. Yeah. Great to sit so. down across from you. Absolutely. Look forward to more this next week. We will be back uh, next week with another episode of 90 Feet Apart. And I'll get some more uh, strawberry seltzers for you. Booyah. So you can have. Booyah. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Yes, sir. We're out.